Hey everyone, we are doing video number two with our expert, Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. Excellent, folks. So we just completed round one, which is talking about the opportunities that are ahead of us in 2021, why we should be excited, where to look, all of that great stuff. If you want to know where to look and you haven't seen the video yet, do yourself a favor and watch it. Greg points at lots of areas where you can make some money next year. That was a lot of fun, Greg. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was a good conversation. Well, you know what? Since uh, since we're doing A and B, we got to flip the coin over and <laughs> talk about where all the pain is because we are we are going Q4, in my opinion, is going to be the most painful quarter of 2020, in my opinion. I don't know if you share that, but I that's I see that pretty clearly. Yeah, it's setting up for that, and definitely the most important quarter in the history of the country, potentially the world. Wow. Well, that's. Uh, that just sent shivers down my back. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's talk about it because um, you know, just like we talked about in the first video, record um, you know openings and grand openings and all just goodness coming. I think there's going to be record bankruptcies and record business closure this year. Is that uh, yeah, yeah? It's still getting ugly. So you know, wherever there's a problem, there's an opportunity. On the on the other side of the sun, you know, set there's a sunrise and. Um, so we still have real issues in front of us. We still have, you know, a pandemic on the rise pretty much all across the world. The question is, how bad is it going to get? Uh, are we going to face shutdowns again? Worse than we saw in March, because really the only way to get rid of something like that is you got to shut down completely. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, the only way you can do that is you've got to like isolate everybody <laughs> for like two or three weeks, apparently, right? You know, for this thing to go away, then you need vaccine and treatments for it not to come back. So you can't shut the entire world down. Everybody in the world stay in your house for three weeks and then hope that this thing goes away. You know, so that just isn't going to happen. <clears throat> but you're seeing, you know, Italy, Spain, UK talk about lockdowns, quarantine, flat out, everybody's closed. So they're, that's coming out of their mouths. We're starting to hear it in some areas in the United States again. There is no public will for that, but they're talking about it. And if it gets bad enough, you know, then we might see restaurants closing, salons, you know, that type of thing again, back to essential workers again. So there is talk that we're heading back in that direction. And it's, you know, based on the cases and the hospitalizations, everything is looking like it's going to be much worse than it was in the spring when it all started. So the question is, you know, the whole thought was as temperatures warmed, we got into spring and summer, was the virus going to go away? And one school of thought is it did, that that's as go away as it's going to get. <laughs> now it's bam with the fall, the winter, the flu season, cold season, all that, that it's going to get really ugly until we get, you know, treatments and everything. So, you know, this could potentially be really bad if we end up having to shut down the world economy again, even for a two or three week period. Yeah. Like you, I, I don't want to see us get anywhere back to what we did in March. That was so painful to watch. And again, when you do that, it feels bad in the weeks, but the ramifications and the ripples that are caused by that are, months and quarters and frankly lifetimes have been changed because of that and yeah. uh just just can't see that again but when we talk about the pain really what i see in the economy is i don't know how else to say it think about think of the u.s economy as a highway right it's probably a four-lane highway coming in you know coming into the crisis january the four-lane highway was going as fast as it's ever gone no accidents everybody was behaving you're going 100 gazillion miles an hour whatever it is the virus comes you know, February, March, March, the highway stops for the most part, right? You get a couple of ambulances trickling through, right? Essential workers, all that stuff. But now as we sit here in October, it sort of feels like we have at least two, high, two lanes of the highway going at pretty good rates. The third lane is kind of coming back 
But then there's that fourth lane that's just stopped dead in its tracks. Hospitality, you know, travel, entertainment. You know, there's we have we have at least one lane of our four lane highway, if we want to use that analogy, not working today. And as a consumer based economy, that has real implications on the other lanes as well, in my opinion. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's 25, 30% of the economy. You know, we, the good news is we still had 70% functioning with food and essential services and things like that. Food, shelter, clothing, you know, resources that you need to, to survive, you know, and all the government had to do instead of putting, you know, trillions of dollars into the stock market, take all these businesses and fund their losses. That's all you had to do. You know, so it makes zero sense to me when we can print an inordinate amount, infinite amount of money, you can print it, okay, and you can put it in the bank accounts of all these businesses to keep them open, whether they're having customers or not, just so they're surviving. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do in order to, to replace what happened. The problem now is we're so far down the road, so many businesses have closed that have never reopened. A lot of those people are either unemployed or entering, you know, the workforce aren't going to be able to reopen those businesses they really missed the boat there with an opportunity to, you know, you want to see a V-shaped recovery. We never would have missed a beat if the government just would have stepped in and said, wait a minute, businesses, we're, we're going to fund your, your receipts, your gross revenues. We're just going to replace that with printed money. I mean, that's all they got to do, you know, push a button, boom, your bank account goes where it normally is to keep the economy going. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they, try to take an approach like that moving into the fourth quarter, which I don't think they will because they don't understand what they really need to be doing. It's not unemployment insurance. It's not, it's not any of that. Fund the businesses, replace the receipts that they're missing, the sales that they're missing, the revenues that they're missing. That's what keeps everything going and keeps it moving forward. You know, in exchange for that, you got to keep people on staff and all that, you know, um, so that you can't just, you know, the owners don't just pocket it themselves. So there's got to be some some uh, requirements there, but that would have been a V-shaped recovery. And, you know, had this been a short-lived thing, we could have come back a lot quicker, but it never was. You and I talked from the beginning, this is 18 to 24 months back in March before we see any kind of real recovery. Yeah. So when we think about this four-lane highway being kind of shut down, there, there's real pain there. And, and And I think you're right. I think most of the pain, just given the decisions that have been made, are going to be at the small and medium-sized business. It's kind of like why the opportunities are going to come. The strip mall is going to have half as many tenants. Um, you know, hotels, no occupancy. It's kind of it's kind of the opposite of what we just went through with the opportunities, right? It's, that's where most of the pain is. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, hotels are starting to come back. I mean, the people that I've talked to in the business, you know, they were at 10, 20% occupancies. You know, they've been running in the 50s in general in a lot of the business districts like a DC, New York, places like that, some areas. Um, you know, all the resort places were doing extremely well, but now we're coming into the off season. So, um, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna be doing their normal off season thing. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be real interesting to see what, what the fourth quarter is gonna look like and where the Fed and Treasury are going to step in to fill the gap. Yeah, well, I think again, based on the decisions, they made a choice to to they made a choice to affect asset prices, right? Mm -hmm. Stock market and real estate, for that matter. They didn't they didn't in meaningfully go after the small and medium sized business or services, mm -hmm. and and there's no talk of it now. 
Right. Now they had a little bit of a loan thing with SBA and things like that. The problem is most small business owners couldn't qualify. You exactly. Know? Uh, so you had to have good credit. You had to have, you know, all the things that you need to qualify for a bank loan, assets, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of businesses that were good businesses, but they had no assets. They had no reserves. They had no credit, you know, so they weren't able to borrow the money. So that's where they messed up. It shouldn't have been a loan. It should have been a grant. You know, you keep your employees on staff, you know, you keep your business going, you pay your bills, you pay your landlords, boom, we just replenish your account every yeah. month until this thing's over, you know, and, and the government can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So when we think about the big pain in Q4, it makes me very nervous. Again, I think we're going to have record bankruptcies, record business closures, uh, again, small and medium-sized business, which again, SMB is, it's about 50% of our economy, or at least it mm -hmm. was. And, and a lot of people, a lot of them are going to give up, right? They got through the summer, they're maybe if they're in retail, maybe they'll get through the holidays and be like, I'm out. I'm done. It's just yeah, if there's working. another shutdown, that that'll put that that'll be the last straw for a lot of people. Cause this is this is the holidays. This is when everybody's supposed to do all their business. So mm -hmm. if you get locked down at this point going into the holidays, um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of brick and mortars that are just gone. Yeah. And then we talk about uh, again, I think there's the other pain that's gonna be unique in this environment, I I'm pretty convinced is class A of all things, urban. We're seeing those class A tenants pretty clearly in some big cities exit, go to the suburbs. We're seeing some millennials, uh, maybe it's class B tenants move back home. There's record, mm -hmm. you know, kids back with parents. It's at a record level. Um, so I think multifamily apartments are going to suffer more pain than houses. I think houses actually come out of this relatively unscathed. Yeah. Single family is going to do well. I mean, there's no inventory right now. There's more buyers than there are homes. As long as interest rates stay low, there's institutional investors that are buying homes to rent. Um, and there's a lot of investors looking for homes to rent. So I think single family is going to be fine. The cities, you know, certain cities are, you know, they're in trouble. I mean, the offices, retail, well, it's not just multifamily. I mean, it's retail, it's hotels, it's offices. I mean, monumental hotels are closing in New York. And, you know, there, there's enough of an exodus in New York now and an economic downturn where it's starting to make national news in terms of, you know, how bad of shape New York City is. I mean, you know, big hedge fund, the largest hedge fund there, I think, is leaving. You know, there was an article the other day moving to Florida mm -hmm. um, for, you know, all kinds of different reasons. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be very interesting times. I mean, New York is, is a great city and it always comes back. But in the short term, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of pain. There's going to be a lot of inventory to fill. And as prices drop, you know, we get control of things. People will, you know, start coming back again and it'll come back. But yeah, it's it's there's going to be some interim pain there. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So again, folks, remember every opportunity, there's some pain. We're going to suffer some pain first. You know, do you see the pain kind of lasting through Q1 of next year? Kind of when do you see max pain, right? Because I think there'll be lingering pain throughout, but do you see max pain Q4, Q1, any guess? Depends on how serious this situation really is, you know, okay. with the pandemic and what really happens, you know, um, it just depends on how, how it plays out. It depends on, you know, what the political climate looks like going into next year, what the tax environment looks like, you know, those types of things. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of potentials for things to go either way, but I think the big caveat is how serious is this coronavirus this fall and winter, how bad is it going to get? And are we going to have to shut down again? And if we have to shut down again, it's it's going to be a problem for Q1, you know, 2021. There you go. We will leave that there. Again, folks, two-part series. Where are the opportunities? Where's the pain? Thank you very much, Greg. A lot of fun. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks.